when you're down and trouble and you need some love and care and nothing well nothing is going right close your eyes and think of me and soon I will be I'm C.J. Layton coming to you from inside the Phantom Radio Studio, home of the premier radio bowling talk show. Long ago, Bowler's Journal International called Phantom Radio a pioneer in the field of bowling podcasts because the show is regularly scheduled at the same time each week. PBA Hall of Famer Len Nicholson started the show in 2002. Since then, he's recorded over 1,100 shows featuring over 400 different guests, a literal who's who in bowling. So, Phantom fans, let's welcome our host, Len Nicholson, the Phantom. With Carmen Salvino and Jim Dressel, the old times are back, bowling fans. And thank you, CJ. And a reminder that Phantom Radio is presented by the Kegel Company, the number one lane maintenance company in the world. For all of your lane maintenance needs, including 24-hour technical support, you can always rely on the Kaggle Company. So go to Kaggle.net. Well, Phantom fans, you're in for a real treat this week. In our most recent poll, we have two guests on with us this week, and they are both the top two vote-getters in our poll. Uh, I know you've both been on a lot of times, but you're tied with Larry Lickstein. Uh, but you two are the two favorite guys, and we got you both on together and I got the chills on my arm, looking forward to talking to both of you. And you know what? Unbelievably, no, not unbelievably, but you're both Hall of Famers, and you're both in different areas of our great sport. And our first guest is an absolute living legend, and he has been a fan favorite for over six decades. And you've heard his impressive bio many times before. I don't want to waste time. I want him on here live and in, in living color. Here is Carmen Salvino. Hello, hey, Carmen. Danny. How you Hello, doing? everyone. Man, it's good to yeah, hear man. your voice, Bards. Well, well, you call me a living legend, but I'm still living. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 87 years old, going at 88. Wow, man, that's remarkable. And you still throw the ball really well, my friend. I just went bowling this afternoon, and the pins got so nervous they started to fall before my pins, my ball hit them. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right, listen, I want to ask you some serious questions, but the first one is, you're 87. I want to know how your health is, Parts. Truthfully, how you doing? My health, my health is good. In fact, uh, I'm making a will out. And I'm putting you in it because I I figured I I'm going to outlive you anyway. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I wore my boots for this uh, interview here. <laughs> All right. Well, in the background, you can hear our second guest, and he is arguably uh, the best bowling writer of all time, and he's truly a, a loyal friend, and there's no question about that. So say hello again to our good buddy, Jim Dressel. Hi, Jim. What's going on? Hey, yeah, you're going on. 
Carmen's going on, so I might as well go on too. Good, good group, and uh, and and by the way, I I really want to let you know when talking about legends, I really am thrilled to be here on this podcast with the legends, and I'm glad that Carmen could come along for the ride. <laughs> wow! Well, oh, he's good. Lenny, Lenny, let me tell you this: <laughs> this guy did a good job for the Bowler's Journal. He's got a great vocabulary. He's highly intelligent. But I whipped him in conversation every time we got together. <laughs> uh, I'm afraid that's yeah, going to happen again. That. But I don't know who started it this time. It looks like Jim just had the last word in there. I don't know. <laughs> well, so, I, I remember that one time when we went down to uh, see Dick Weber for the last time. He he had just uh, passed, and uh, you know we got down to St. Louis, and I was in a car with Carmen Salvino, Tom Coros, and myself, and I really didn't have to do any talking. I just kind of dusted off my throat every once in a while, and I was really in fine shape. <laughs> I remember that very very well. Uh, in fact, Carmen even gave a short speech that day. Well, uh, it brought it brought Lenny, tears to my eyes. Lenny, yes. with me and Tom Corse in the in the same car, everybody else has to be an audience. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. I've heard but, from more people than one about all that. I mean, I had a trouble. I had problems trying to talk Tom Corse. <laughs> Jimmy <laughs> Jimmy sat there like he was a robot. <laughs> well, he's well, not really. If you remember, I got in a pretty good argument there with Tom at one point. Oh, that's right, you did, didn't you? And as usual, you lost that one too. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I guess I did. <laughs> All right, let hey, me get on with this thing because I got a bunch Lenny, of questions. Lenny, before you start, okay. I want the people to know that Jimmy and I have been friends for over twenty years. But, boy, we love beating on each other. So you're going to hear a lot of punishment for that boy. You know something, Carm, if I can be respectful and still say this, uh, you know, when we get older, we forget about time and, and months and days and weeks. It's been a hell of a lot longer than 20-something years between you two. I know that for a fact. Well, I want well, to make seems you guys a lot longer. feel good. It, it just seems a lot longer. Wow. All, All right, Lenny, get on with this program, will you? I, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm telling you. I, I already got tears coming out of my eyes. I, I can't even read my notes I wrote. But, Jim, I want to ask you that same question. And I, I'm not going to embarrass you at all, but everybody knows you were a little bit under the weather for a couple of years. But you sound great. And welcome back. How is your health doing, buddy? Well, doing okay, you know, uh, still have the paralyzed vocal cords, but, you know, I got over that bout with cancer, and I got over two bouts of uh, pneumonia, so uh, I guess he must have had a bulk sale that week or something, and, you know, I managed to get it twice. Well, well i say this, God bless Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, I agree, my friend. All right, Carl, I received some emails from some of our listeners over the last eight, nine, ten months. And this one's for you. Okay. He says, Carmen, because you were there and not counting yourself, in your opinion, who were the top five bowlers from the 60s? And I want to thank you in advance 
I don't know if you know this guy or not, but his name is John Rossi. All right. Well, I'm going to give them in the correct order. Don Carter, Dick Weber, Carmen Salvino, Harry Smith, and Ray Bluth. You know, you don't listen. I said without counting yourself. Then there would have been no five. (laughs) (laughs) You know. There would have been only four, and you'd been missing a guy that you loved. So what are you going to do? I absolutely love it. You know, I I kind of knew that that guy. Thank that guy for calling in and writing, and thank you very much. John Rossi, I'm I'm sure he's thrilled. Johnny, take care, buddy. I'm sure he's thrilled that you answered him personally. Okay, Jim, I got one here from you, and this one's from Richard McDowell. He says, I've enjoyed your writings for years, but what would you have been if you didn't become a writer? Hello? Ditto. Ditto, are you back there? Where'd he go? He faded out on us. Wow. All right. Oh, well, man. Get maybe he'll back, pop back. Is he there yet? Can you, can you work on it? I'll tell you a little story while we're trying to find him, okay? Oh, good. Go ahead. We were in Detroit, and I'm bowling the tournament. And Jimmy was there with Tom Kors and the guy, one of the bowlers there, and another bowler. And I'm walking by, and I had just done a, a, an article in the Bowler's Journal on philosophy. Not bowling, philosophy by itself. So as I'm walking by, Jimmy says to me, I didn't know you were that smart. <laughs> so I paused and I said to him, I didn't know you were smart enough to know how smart I am. <laughs> and that calmed him down. <laughs> but I love it. Again, we have more fun, believe me. <laughs> I love it. All right, well, hopefully he'll come back on. If not, we'll just continue on. I got some more for you, too, Pard, So, Okay, go for it. This one comes from a woman named Ann Fillmore, and she says, Carmen, did you set goals when you started, and do you still have any? Well, l- let me explain my, f- and I mean this very sincerely, Ann. My philosophy is definitely against goals, because if you reach a goal, you stop. Mine is for infinity. If if I develop a product that's good for today, I'm not going to let anybody obsolete me. I'm going to keep going and obsolete myself. If you set a goal, you stop and people go by you. Wow, that's thoughtful. I've never heard an explanation like that in my life, but you know something, Pards, that makes sense. What was that last one, brother? That makes sense. I've never heard anybody say something like that, but that people that people that get so set goals go out of business eventually. I guess so. And All right. Thank for thank you, Annie, for your question, baby. Yeah, that's that was a good question and a great answer. I I've never heard anything like that before, but that makes all the sense in the world. All right, but I got you another never one. Never asked me the question before. Well, I know I can't ask you everything. <laughs> if I was in Chicago, 
we'd be going out to lunch every day and I'd even get you to pay once in a while. <laughs> you know what? You, you you talk about having lunch in Chicago. I've never seen you here. That's because I don't have a, a body suit to wear there. I'm afraid to go in there. I don't even well, fly in. I fly in the midway. I'm afraid of O'Hare. <laughs> You're doing the smart thing. Give me another question, will you? All right. Well, you know, if I do come back to Chicago, I want to hang around with you. I'm going to tell everybody my, my last name is Nicolini. <laughs> if it wasn't with an O or I at the beginning, you don't walk over the borderline from Indiana to Chicago. <laughs> exactly. All right, here we go. Um, if you could have dinner with anyone from history, who would it be and why? You're talking about bowlers? Anybody in history, you tell me. Well, first of all, I honestly would throw Jimmy in there because I need somebody to pick on. <laughs> then I would put Pete Weber in there because I know he's crazy. And I'd put Marshall Holman in there because you never know what he's going to say. Because I'd like people that keep my, my brain working. And if there's anybody who keeps your brain working, it's Petey Weber. <laughs> so speaking of Petey Weber, you know, you, you both against both him and his dad. And they both yeah. had totally different games. If you were going to coach either one of them, would you change their game or let them play the way they did? I would not change anything of them. In fact, I bowled against both of them. And for you bowlers out there, I'm going to tell you a story about me and Dick Weber. We were bowling in the Southern Mass Game Championship in Tennessee. Weber had just gone to St. Louis to cut his hook down because in St. Louis, those guys all bowl on slots. They could never bowl on a tough lane. So... He he found out a bowl on the slots, and he did well. But when you flatten your ball out for the slots, you go in a tournament, and the ball don't work. He gets on the left lane and throws a strike. He gets on the right lane, and because he killed his ball, he left a solid five. <laughs> well, those in bowling at that time know that's a disgrace. So he goes on the other lane again. He gets a strike when it's his turn. He comes back and leaves a solid five. I took my ball off the rack. He said, what are you doing? I said, Weber, I love you, I love you like a brother, but your ball's got a disease. <laughs> it's got five plenitis, and I don't want you touching my ball with it. <laughs> so we, uh, we, we always had a lot of fun that way. See? I, you know, I know you loved him uh, more than a brother or uh, a son. Dick Weber was the best ambassador for bowling there ever was. He was number one man. Anybody else like myself follows him, comes behind. And that's hard for me to say. I know it is. People have been saying that about you for years and years. But I remember when he made that show in Vegas, uh, you had your arms around him. You were happier that he won instead of you. Yeah, well. He's the only man, I say this in front of God, Dick Weber was the only man that if I lost a tournament to, didn't bother me. I hated losing, like anybody that's up there high in the Hall of Fame. They're all the same. 
You hate losing. But I had so much respect for him, I took it. And in fact, that was a very unusual tournament. We were bowling on a live show on ESPN. Yep. And we had a lot of time left, see. And I went into the locker room to change my shoes because he won the tournament. So they said we got eight minutes. Go get Salvino quick because he likes to talk. We got to fill his eight minutes up. <laughs> <laughs> so we, I get on the t- back on the TV, and I start talking about what a great bowler is, Robert Weber is, and what he means to me. And he tears are coming out of his eyes. And I said, gee, Webb, hey, I should be crying. I came in second. (laughs) (laughs) And Weber, I said to Weber, when I was a kid, my mother carried me in her arms. I I don't want to say you're old, Weber, but I had to watch you when I was a baby. So so Weber came back and said, Carmen, I don't want to say you're old, but I listened to you bowl on radio. (laughs) He got me good. (laughs) That's the kind of relationship I had with Dick and and our uh, our buddy Jimmy. On you know, these these are very rare relationships because you love the guys, but boy, you love to needle them and and really get them crazy because there's more fun on teasing these guys than there is. Somebody else, believe that's, me. That's for sure, Parts. Well, you got hey, Jim, any more questions? Well, I'm I'm wondering if Jim's still on the line. Uh, this new technology, it's kind of hard to figure out. But if he's not, I got one more question for you, and then we're gonna redo this. Uh, we're gonna not gonna do a new show, but we'll do another show with you guys uh, sure. pretty soon. All right. So I do have one more question for you. You know. You're kind of a secretive guy. Uh, I know you're secretive because I used to watch you practice. And sometimes you'd hide your shot. You had a good shot, you'd see me and you'd throw off a little bit. You were afraid I was going to change the lanes. So I knew you were secretive. But do you have any secrets that maybe only your family knows? Yeah, I had secrecy agreements. with chem- I did chemistry with four different companies. And I've got three patents in physics. A lot of people don't know that I did chemistry and physics. And only one company was in Boland. The other three companies were different companies outside of Boland. But I can't discuss them because they're still a secret. I still have a secret agreement with them. Well, you know, sometimes I I knew something was up because sometimes I call you and I find out that you're, you're in the lab someplace. And you're right. Time, I'm still in the lab at 87, still doing chemistry. I enjoy it, working on a new product again in secrecy. And I just love doing chemistry and physics, believe me. And my mentor, who had 186 IQ, is the one that opened my mind when I was 40. I finally got my first patent. I didn't even know I was capable of doing physics and chemistry till he told me. Wow. So I want to say this to everybody that's listening. The greatest thing you can do for some person, like it was done for me, is open their mind. And then when they you open their mind, they owe it to you to open somebody else's mind and continue that chain. 
because that's the greatest contribution to another human being. You never know what you can do until someone challenges you and opens your mind to different worlds and go for it. Don't don't think you're going to do it right away. Give yourself some time, and you might be shocked how good you can be. Great advice, Barnes. Well, Bowen fans, I'm looking at the old clock on the wall, and I can't believe how quickly the time flies on this show. That's why they say it's the fastest show in all of sports, but hope that you all enjoyed it. I'm sorry we lost Jim there for a while. Technology dropped him up, but I'm going to research it. We're going to do it again. But we look forward to talking to all of you again next week. But we have another interesting guest to talk to. And in closing, we sincerely want to thank our sponsors, Storm Bowling Products and Brad Edelman, for their value and continued support of our show. We appreciate all that they do to keep us coming back to you each and every week. And we got about 30 seconds left, Carmen. I'm going to let you close this show. What okay. Do got, what do you got to well, say? I'm sorry, Jimmy, couldn't finish with it, but like you said, we'll do it again. But I love questions from the people because they're in bowling. If they want to talk outside of bowling, that's fine, too. Sometimes they'll peel, I'll play, take the fifth <laughs> on some questions, and other questions I'll be happy to answer. <laughs> All right, Barnswell. I want to also yeah. shout out to our newest sponsor, Dave Kowalski, who's with Auto Value and Bumper to Bumper Auto Parts Stores. He's also the past president of the Michigan High School Bowling Coaches Association. So for Phantom Radio, this is the Phantom. When you're down and troubled and you need some love and care and nothing Oh, nothing is going right Close your eyes and think of me